and welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and today we're cooking with Giada. I hope uh, everyone is doing well. Summer feels like it's in full bloom, even though it's officially not summer yet. Yes, summer begins on June 21st, and the reason I know that is because that is my dad's birthday, and uh, that's how I remember when summer is. Riveting stuff here, Nick. Um, anyway, how is everyone? Does, uh, does anyone have any plans for vacation? I don't know if or when Keon and I are going on vacation this year. We talked about going to Palm Springs in California. I've heard good things. It's pretty gay, which is a plus. Uh, happy Pride, by the way. And uh, I feel like <laughs> it's one of my best intros ever, isn't it? Um, but I, I guess we should get into it. I, I want to talk about Giada briefly before we get into the episode. I could I could talk forever about Giada, but I feel Giada is somewhat like a polarizing character in most people's books. I feel like she, I feel like she did something. You know what I mean? Jody? if you're listening, I feel like you've sent me articles of her, like, can you believe that Jada De Laurentiis did this? I don't know. I know she got a divorce and then, and that, and that like, every woman hates her. <laughs> That's like the two things I know about Giada, but I don't mind Giada. I, don't cancel me, okay? Uh, I love her shows. Um, I loved her, like, pretty much since the beginning. I love that she likes chocolates. Giada in Italy is, it's like, it's like one of my favorite, like, I don't know what you would even call it, like a mini series, like spinoffs, where she's, like, in, oh, I feel like she's in, like, Capri or, because uh, it's, like, it's almost like the, the Amalfi Coast, I feel. It's beautiful. Like, the like where she cooks is just, oh, my God. And it reminds me of a lot of a lot when we went to Italy. We were in Ravello, um, which is, like, close to, which is the in the Amalfi Coast, too. So it, it, it just, like, makes me want to go back there and, like, live there and just live off of lemons and pasta for the rest of my life. Um, but we're here instead. But I, I, I don't know. I like, I like Giada. I like her aunt, uh, her aunt Raffi, who basically like, if anyone has like watched Giada enough, aunt Raffi just like screams at Giada for cooking everything wrong the entire time. But for some reason, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like she's sort of like a fan favorite of, uh, you know, and I could tell like Gianna's like, oh my God, I gotta have Aunt Raffi on the show again. You could tell there's like a little bit of an annoyance because I feel like Aunt Raffi she wants she wants it done her way, like the traditional sort of Italian way. And Giada sometimes cuts some corners, which she does today in today's episode, actually. Um, but I like her. I'm sorry. I like Giada. I know that maybe I shouldn't. And I'm sure maybe some people will educate me otherwise of why I shouldn't. But in this episode, on this day, I am uh, Team Giada for the moment. So... <laughs> Let's get into it. This is season nine, episode six. And I think this is back to basics, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And it's called Cooking with Giada. And this this whole series, by the way, it's called like Cooking with Friends. It's like another little subset. I feel like she has Tyler Florence and Bobby Flay and Giada and I think Michael Simon. P.S. A moment, of, not a moment of silence. He's still with us. <laughs> just like, let's just take a moment to talk about Tyler Florence because I feel like he's, 
he's not Bobby Flay, you know what I mean? He, but he's like, he's still just as handsome and charming, if not maybe more, who knows, than um, Bobby Flay. But I feel like Tyler Florence is often the guy that like, I don't know, he's like the bridesmaid and never the bride. Uh, and it's, I don't know why I keep comparing him to Bobby Flay, but like they, they are like sort of a similar type, but Tyler Florence is a dream. I, I'm, I'm predicting that I'll probably do an episode with him or uh, the season or the episode of Cooking with Friends with him very soon because he's a delight. Um, so let's get into it. Here we go. So Ina starts out. She says, I'm Ina Garden, the Barefoot Contessa, and I'm cooking with friends. My lovely friend Giada De Laurentiis is coming to the barn today, and I'm welcoming her with a lobster and potato salad, and we're eating it outside in the garden. Then Giada is showing me how to make her delicious gnocchi. I've actually never made gnocchi before, and she loves chocolate, so I'm making her my chocolate cassis cake with fresh strawberries. I can't wait. (laughs) So there's that. I said gnocchi pretty, like, American there, I guess. I remember when I was younger... Oh my gosh, because like, if you are to really, I mean, we're going to get into this because I feel a lot of the reason why people hate Giada is for her pronunciation. I like it. I know people are like screaming at their phones right now or however you're listening to this. I like that she, I, I do think the word spaghetti is the one where she gets a little carried away. But if she says like gnocchi, I'm fine with it. If anything, we should know how to say it because I remember like ordering, um, gnocchi in restaurants when we were younger we would always call it knocky <laughs> like like I'm knocking on the door and I like shudder to think about that but yeah gnocchi uh and if you're really being like Italian about it the, the double c in gnocchi is like it's sort of like gnocchi I mean Amanda if you're listening Amanda Kaczynski I'm sure she is giving one of the biggest eye rolls ever but I am I am pro pronunciation I love it and uh, I'm I'm excited. So let's let's uh, get into this episode officially here. So we start with Ina, wooden skewer in hand, tasting or testing some boiling potatoes for the lobster and potato salad. She is using Yukon Gold potatoes, of course. I do like Yukon Gold. I feel they have a little bit of a better texture than just like a plain old potato. Uh, it's kind of like they're like gold on the inside. They're a little bit more buttery. I mean, they feel buttery and sort of velvety in texture. Um, and Ina shows us her secret for perfectly cooked potatoes, which is basically she takes them out. I guess she drains them and then puts them in, or I guess just like leaves them in the colander and puts a dish towel on top and lets it steam for five minutes. And she says, and the result is perfectly cooked potatoes. So there you go. I cannot even tell you the last time I cooked a potato. It's it's probably been like years. I don't know. I like French fries. I like mashed potatoes. I guess we made that for like the holidays. But Kian and I, we don't really boil potatoes too often. I don't know why I had to share that, but uh, now you know. Um, so next we cut to Giada in the car. And this is one thing I will say about like when she has Food Network hosts is like, I, I feel like I can relax a little bit. Even though I know that, I I mean, I do sort of, like, revel in the fact, like, if she does have a guest, like, ooh, what's going to happen? Because I'm sure it's going to be awkward. But it is nice to sort of just, like, Jada's got this. You know, she does this for a living. If anything, she's going to help Ina be less awkward this episode. And I think she succeeds. But um, speaking of Giada, she is in her car 
She's wearing a black leather jacket, but it's like fashionable. It's not like she's not like a biker chick. You know what I mean? It looks like almost like a like a blazer. Um, and she's wearing like this striped red. It's almost like red and coral and white like blouse underneath. Uh, and Gianna says she turns to the camera and gives us, you know, that that winning smile. And she says, I can't tell you how long Ina and I have talked about this day, but with schedules and me li living on the West Coast, it's been tough to plan. So we finally picked a date and we're going to cook together. <laughs> it's like weird copy. You know what I mean? Like, did she come up with that or did someone write that for her? I don't know. It, it was just like kind of plain for me. I'm like, Giada, you could spice that up a little bit. But, uh, you know, she's going with the flow. Um, so... We cut back to the kitchen with Ina and the potatoes, and she is showing us how she makes the dressing, which is really kind of like a vinaigrette of sorts. It's uh, three tablespoons of champagne vinegar, Dijon mustard, minced garlic, the yolk of an egg has to be room temp, and salt and pepper. That's actually, oh wait, no, I was, that's, I was gonna say, that's so easy, but there's more. Um, it's good olive oil, she says, uh, half a cup, some dry white wine, and some capers. I love that there are capers in this. I know, I don't know if I've ever talked about capers, but I, I love them. Oh my God, like a good, like, it makes me miss New York. It makes me miss like the bagels in New York specifically because I love like a good, like if I'm ever going somewhere, I think one of the best things you could ever do for me, like surprise, I'm like, Keon, if you're listening, um, on a Saturday or Sunday morning is to go out and just buy like some really good bagels. You don't have to buy like, a dozen but like I feel like I mean my personal favorite is an onion bagel yes onion bagels I like an everything bagel I love a sesame bagel um you know I've really never met a bagel that I didn't like I guess but um and I love it I love it with just like plain cream cheese but of course you gotta have the locks you gotta have the red onion you gotta have um sometimes they you know a tomato slice but really, the piece de resistance is the capers. It really is. I think, like, just a few sprinkled on top. It's. I feel like they're in the olive family, so if you're not an olive person, they might not be for you. But um, I love capers. They're great. Uh, and next, she chops up some... Oh, gosh, I thought that was all there was in the dressing, but... Uh, there's also some scallions, some celery, and some red onion as well. But that's not going in the dressing. That's like for the salad, if that makes sense. Uh, and then Ina turns to the camera and says, now it's time for some lobster. And then she gives us a smirk and walks over to the refrigerator. And she says, of course, you can always cook your own lobster. But why? All those big pots of steaming hot water, screaming lobsters. <laughs> she like looks at the camera. She's like, bleh. Um... Yeah, I never want to hear a lobster scream. I've never been present for the the closest thing I've ever come to that is when I was visiting uh, with Keon and I. We went to visit his family in New Hampshire, and his mom mom insisted that I get like a full lobster, like a fresh like they they hold it up and you say, "Yep, that looks fine," and then they just like <laughs> they just boil it to death right in front of you. I didn't hear any screams. Um, I was sitting at the table. You, you sort of like pick it. And then they cook it, and then your numbers call it, and then you pick it up, and it was great. Um, I think there's a picture of me on my Instagram, actually, like way back when, of me and that lobster. Um, anyway, so she dumps the lobster, the pre-cooked lobster, into the potatoes and gives it a big stir. And then she adds the zest and juice of one lemon, and I think that's perfect. I mean, anytime lemon is added, like sort of 
three quarters of the way or like just the last thing that you're going to add to a recipe, it's, it's always like, yes, game on. Um, so at this point, Ina reveals that Frank Newbold, I, I'm laughing not at Frank Newbold, but I'm laughing at my journey of um, searching Frank Newbold because I was like, I wonder what Frank's like role is in Ina's life. So I was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to look him up. I'm going to Google him. And I, I saw, like, if, if you can Google, I urge you to, like, <laughs> pause the podcast and Google Frank Newbold, N-E-W-B-O-L-D. And I thought that it says, about Frank Newbold, interior designer. It's like the second thing that pops up. And I was like, maybe that's him because she knows a lot of, you know, people in design and florists. And it just seemed to match the profile of someone that I know would keep in her inner circle. <laughs> but... Frank, this is not the same Frank Newbold. It is, uh, he's basically, I think he was, he, I mean, the picture is crazy. He's like sitting, it's a younger guy. He's sitting in this chair with like, I don't even know, some sort of like, it's not a hawk. It's some sort of bird and like a pony. It looks like Lil Sebastian from Parks and Recreation. I, I don't even know what's going on, but I'm not going to throw him sh- throw shade. I guess he's just like, uh, it says, Frank Newbold is an emerging name in the world of interiors. From his background as a stylist and visual merchandiser to his appearance on Interior Design Masters on BBC Two. So maybe this guy, it, it, he was on, it was a Netflix show in 2019. So he's probably, he's doing just fine. So, um, but it just was a, a very shocking picture. And uh, it wasn't the Frank Newbold that I was looking for. But I, I love Frank. I think he's like one of my favorite friends of Ina's. Um, very much in the ranking of like, of Michael. Like, I feel like he's been there a while. And I feel like, um, I feel like he's either married or has a partner um, that sometimes shows up to Ina's house as well. But uh, if anyone has the scoop on, you know, will the real Frank Newbold please stand up? Let me know um, because uh, I'm just intrigued at this point. I'm interested. What's the story there? Um, anyway, uh, Ina throws in some tarragon to the salad and finishes off finishes it off with some salt and pepper. Uh, and she also throws a little bit more vinaigrette on top because uh, she says those potatoes really like to soak up that dressing. And um, I agree. I mean, it's always, I would save it for like later, like right before I serve it, which I feel like she's done, you know, with potato dishes or like a, a pasta salad in other episodes. Anyway, so now we cut back to Giada, who is at Cavaniola's gourmet cheese shop, because of course she's at Cavaniola's. It's a, you know, it's a legit sort of, uh, I think it's in Montauk, she said uh, later in the episode. But uh, so <laughs> Giada walks in. And she tells the guy, she's like, I'm going to make some gnocchi for my friend Ina. So I'm going to need some good cheeses. And she says she's going to need some parmigiano. And then the guy pulls out a big hunk of cheese that's basically like the size of a bowling ball. Like, I love just big blocks of cheese like that. Like, I would just like sit there on my couch and just like shave it off and like eat it all night. I would, ugh, it's, it's like a dream. And Giada says that that's, that's going to be perfect for my gnocchi. I'm making some gnocchi. She says it like twice. She's like, did I mention I'm making gnocchi? Um, and she orders some pecorino and some mascarpone cheese. And yes, um, I hope that you are just as impressed by my imp- uh, pronunciations as you are with Giada's in this episode. I really tried. Um, so... The guy cuts the cheese and it's just beautiful. It's like cheese porn. I feel like it's just like this, like he has this like huge knife and it just like slides off. And I'm like, yes, more of that. 
Um, but back to the house, Ina is finishing uh, putting the, the final touches on her table outside in the garden. So Gianna shows up and Ina looks like a beautiful East Hampton garden witch. <laughs> She's like, she has like a black, she looks great, by the way. I, I know I laughed after that, but it's just like, it's just, she just looks like a witch, but like a fashionable East Hampton witch in her garden. Um, she has on like a black poncho and gives Jada like a really hearty sort of like warm hug. I feel like very rarely do we see Ina like really, maybe besides like Jeffrey, um, like really go in for the hug. It was really nice to see. So what happens next when Giada hugs Frank is my <laughs> worst nightmare. So Giada hugs him, but it's not like a full embrace. It's like she's holding, like they're holding each other's like forearms and then they kiss on the cheek and then she goes in for the second kiss, but Frank starts to pull away. And Giada says, other side. And Frank says, yes, European. And it's just so awkward because I've been here. I think it's like if I, I would never go up to Giada and just give her a double kiss. But like, I feel like this is something that they should have rehearsed like right before they shot this. I, if I was Frank, I'm like, Jada, I would just like yell from across the yard. I'm like, Jada, should I, are you going to go for the double kiss? <laughs> I would need to plan it out because I wouldn't want to look like a doofus. And um, I feel like I mentioned this before. I, I know I definitely mentioned it on other podcasts too, but um, Keon, he's Lebanese. And in Lebanon, they kiss three times. So it's really a gamble. It's like, you I don't even know what to do. I feel like someone just needs to hold up their fingers. Like just, is it three? Is it two? Is it one? Is it just a hug? Uh, these are the things I stress about. But um, I bet Frank was like, oh, you blew it, Frank. I would be thinking about that the whole like car ride home if I was Frank. But um, I just feel like it's truly a waste of time, like ugh, kissing and <laughs> like I sound like such a curmudgeon, but like I know the pandemic has been like horrible in so many ways. But one thing that I actually really loved was being able to just do a I'm waving my arm as if you can actually see me right now, but like just to do like a general wave to the group when you enter a house or whatever, and then just a general wave when you leave. I just like loved it. It would it just like and to be fair, like I do love hugs. I really do. Like I love hugging. Um, I, I don't mind a kiss, you know, every once in a while, of course, with like family and friends, it, it's, it just depends on the person, I guess. But like, it's the people that you've only met just like once or twice where you like, you have to think about it. Like, do I hug you? Is it a handshake? And it's, it's especially awkward for like men. Um, I just wish that I did live in Europe. Like Frank says, European is how he says it to Giada. Um, anyway, I've droned on long enough about that. So Ina serves up the lobster potato salad and Giada points out that she is fairly certain that she has had lobster every time that she sees Ina. Uh, and Ina kind of gives a laugh like she's sort of like embarrassed that <laughs> like she's like she didn't realize that was the case. You know what I mean? Because I'm sure Ina's like as much as she's probably comfortable with Giada probably wanted to make her feel like at home and comfortable. But then Giada, I mean, God bless her. She spins it right around. She's like, no, she's, Giada says to Ina, she's like, I, th I feel like um, lobster gives off the energy of like, I'm happy to see you. This is such a special moment. I'm going to share lobster with you. And Ina was like, you know what? That's it. And it uh, it just like brought the conversation back to, uh, to where it needed to be. And then Giada says, buon appetito. And 
I think everyone, I think Ina says it back too, and it's really cute. Frank says nothing. I'm sure he's just still like embarrassed about that double kiss. I know I would be. I would just be like stressing about it. Um, so Ina tells Giada while, the, while they're still sitting there that she's going to make her chocolate cassis cake and Giada just lights up. Um, and Giada tells Ina that she's had, she's made Ina's espresso chocolate cake for such a long time. It seems to be one of her like staples, which sounds delicious. I'm sure I have the recipe and just haven't made it. Um, but if anyone has, let me know. Um, so Ina asks Giada what she's going to make. And she reveals that she's going to play, uh, she's going to play, she's going to make mascarpone lemon gnocchi. And Ina says, well, I think we should make the dessert first, don't you think? And Giada agrees and they're off. And this is a smash cut to the pantry. I love a quick cut to the pantry. I feel like they're some of my favorite scenes nowadays. So they're both standing there. And Ina always acts as if like someone pinched her right before they say action. She like, she, like snapped her head so hard to the right. I thought it was going to like roll off on one of the shelves in the pantry. It like knocks over the creme de cassis. <laughs> and I just don't think it's like necessary because they're in there for like two seconds and all they were grabbing was cocoa powder and the cassis. And Ina's just saying like, my friend Giada's here today and we're going to make this. And Giada just, you know, she just flashes that million dollar smile and strikes a pose. But uh, I mean, I'm not complaining. Uh, it's the pantry shots and the smash cuts to the pantry are like a small nuance of the Barefoot Contessa that I've never noticed before in episodes. So bring it on. So... After the pantry, they walk out to the pan- <laughs> they walk out to the pantry. They walk out to the kitchen, and everything's sort of laid out. Um, and uh, there's some butter. She's melted some butter and semi sweet chocolate already. I'm looking at my notes, and I can't read anymore. Um, and Giada hands she handles like the half cup of cocoa powder and the six tablespoons of creme de uh, cassis that she puts into the butter and semi sweet chocolate. And creme de uh, creme de cassis is a black currant liqueur. I don't know how I feel about that. I, I mean, I have some thoughts about, I mean, we all know I have thoughts about like fruit mixed with chocolate, but um, we'll see. We'll see. More on that later. Um, Ina is cracking some eggs and Giada remarks that she doesn't use a lot of creme de cassis herself, but Ina says that it really works, uh, especially well with the fresh raspberries that, the, uh, that are served with the cake. And that part, I do agree, but I'm going to save that for when we get to the, the berries part. So Ina adds some sugar to the eggs in the standing mixer and adds some salt and then just like gives it a whirl for like what seems like a long time because the eggs eventually get like really like sort of velvety and light. Um, uh, And then, oh gosh, okay, this is such a great little moment here. It's like I never really knew there was this much nuance to an episode of Barefoot Contessa, but Ina asks Giada if she considers herself a baker or a cook. And Giada says, you know, when I started out, I wanted to be a baker. I did because I I love dessert. But now I would consider myself a cook. And just the way that she says that, there's like this little, it's almost like she's sad about it. I I felt a little bad for her. I don't know. I don't know why. There's just like a little flicker of how she said it and how she sort of fell off that sentence that, um... I don't know. It just, she And she didn't have anything else to say after it. And Ina kind of had to like save the moment. It was her turn. And, and Ina was like, well, now you do both. And Giada smiles back and she's like, I love both. And I swear, I, 
<laughs> I swear Giada almost has tears in her eyes when she said it. I don't know what that was about. I'm sure I'm reading way into it. But um, I don't know. It just makes me think of like what Giada really wanted to be and how she sort of fell into cooking. I mean, again, Giada is living a great life and I'm not going to like feel sorry for her because she wanted to be a baker and now she's like a million dollar like Food Network superstar. <laughs> but um, it just made me, it, I don't know, it just was like a really human moment for Giada. So uh, I loved it. Um, okay, so the eggs are done. And like I said, they're like a beautiful like pale yellow. She pulls the like the, the paddle off and it's like a beautiful like ribbon of eggs <laughs> i don't know and so they dump the chocolate into the eggs and sort of fold it in and then dump it into a spring pour spring form pan excuse me and uh throw it in the oven and while it's in the oven Ina says let's take a tour of the garden she says should we get our coats i forgot to say that before it looked there was one moment when they were out in the garden with frank um where i could see Ina's breath I was like, oh, gosh, that sucks that they had to be out there. I mean, it didn't look cold, but it's, there. Ina, like, threw her head back to laugh at one point, and there was definitely some, uh, I almost said smoke. <laughs> there was some smoke coming out. Um, you know, it, she could see her breath is what I'm saying. So it, I feel like it was pretty chilly. Um, so they're walking around the garden. Uh, Giada admits she's not really a great gardener. She loves herbs, but she doesn't really do flowers well, and... Um, Ina shows her like this like beautiful orchard of crabapple trees and then they go to another part of the garden and Giada's like how many gardens do you have Ina um but I I I do feel I mean for those of us who are trying to just like get the lay of the land of Ina and her gardens I I feel like there are more than one there are more than one um gardens really or sections of the garden too i feel like there's one for herbs i feel like there's flowers there's the orchard and um you know i'm kind of making this all by my head but from from these from this clip it seemed like it's pretty expansive so it's kind of fun um so in the third garden where all the herbs are um giada says you know what can i snip some time i really i, I she's like i need some for my gnocchi it's like take a take a shot every time uh and Giada says gnocchi in this episode because it's a lot. Um, and Ina says, you know what? I, th you know what? I think that chocolate cake is almost done. And Giada like gets really excited. It's It just makes the transitions better. You know what I mean? Because that could be a potentially like, even though that, that's a pretty good transition, I'll say. But um, Giada just kind of, she just like puts the button on it by getting excited and like, you know, just like grabbing Ina and they're walking like arm in arm back into the kitchen. Um so they go back to the kitchen. Giada is chopping up some chocolate for the ganache. And they put it in a double boiler with heavy cream. And I mean, more than a splash of cassis. I feel like, because Giada does it and she's like, how much should I put in? Should I not measure? Should I just do it? And Ina was like, yeah. Because <laughs> Giada dumps in like half the bottle. It's too much. I mean, especially for my taste, like I just... I think if 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 I'm going to have some sort of like chocolate ganache with like even like a raspberry liqueur or in this case like the black currant liqueur for the cassis I would I feel like a little bit goes a long way. But um Giada just like went a long way. She didn't she skipped a little. Um and then of course they add a splash of the good vanilla. And then Ina takes the cake out of the springform pan and dumps the ganache all over the cake. I will admit it looks great. Um I 
I didn't say this before, but the reason why she's beating the eggs so much is because there's no leavening agent in it. So they, the eggs need to be fluffy to give it a little bit of lift because it's a flourless chocolate cake. I have mixed feelings on flourless chocolate cakes. In general, like, it's great, but sometimes I feel like they're too sweet um, or too dense. But I'm, I, which is weird because I really love dense, fudgy brownies, but there's something about sometimes a flourless chocolate cake. Maybe I haven't had like a really good one. Um, Because even when this comes out of the oven and they slice it later, it does look a little bit more cakey than the flourless chocolate. I think there's a difference also between a, a tort and a cake. I don't know the difference. I mean, I know there is a difference, obviously, but like a flourless chocolate cake and a flourless chocolate tort. I don't know. Let me know. Um, oh, yeah. Also, shout out to Dino Sarma, who gave me a masterclass, really, on the uh, the Good Vanilla Facebook group on the importance and, um, you know, just singing the praises of salad spinners <laughs> because I railed against them last week because I just don't see why people have them. But he put up a pretty good argument. It was informational. And uh, thanks, Dino. If anyone wants to check it out, go join the Good Vanilla Facebook group. Tell your friends. Um, so now it's time for gnocchi. So Ina is zesting a lemon while Giada is grating the parmigiano. And Ina says, oh, this is another moment here. And I know that I'm, I'm being so specific with these things today. But I mean, if there's a moment to catch, I'm going to catch it. So Ina says, it's like Giada says, I'm going to make my, um, my, what does she call it here? She, uh, the mascarpone. Uh, lemon zest, gnocchi, whatever it is. And um, she's like that. And Ina's like, that's great. I've never made gnocchi before. And Giada gives this like, and then Ina continues to zest her lemon. And it's just this moment where Giada, like she looks at Ina and then she looks, she like gives this smile to the camera and it's just her. And she sort of like inhales and she turns her head and it is so charming. I laughed so hard and I fell in love with Giada. I'm sorry, I am a Giada. Uh, apologist. I watched it three times in a row and then Keon came home from his workout and I made him watch it twice because it's just perfect. I urge you, if you have Discovery Plus, go watch this episode. I don't, I didn't really, I'm not going to do like a timestamp of the episode, but, um, you know, it's when they're making gnocchi like two thirds of the way through. It's just so funny and so cute. Um, so really, to continue, Giada tells us this is not a traditional gnocchi recipe. It's sort of the Giada version with no potatoes. Um, and I would argue if you're a gnocchi purist, you would not really categorize this as gnocchi then. It's basically cheese, lemon zest, and a little flour, um, which sounds fine by me. But um, again, I don't think, you know, a true Italian, like Aunt Raffi would probably stick her nose up at this. She would like, she would not be happy. Um, so they basically, it's it's just combining everything in a bowl. They put the grated cheese, um, a yolk plus a whole egg, um, lemon zest, the mascarpone cheese, and then they use a hand mixer to make it fluffy. Um, and then three quarters of a cup of flour is added to the bowl. And then they just scoop them into like these little like logs, I guess. They're kind of like the size of Tootsie Rolls. Um, and they put them on like a like a baking sheet with a little bit of flour and um, they roll them in the flour just a smidge. And then um, and then they, they shape them again, which is interesting because I'm, I'm used to like, I feel like you take your thumb and you turn a fork backwards and you kind of roll it down to get those sort of ridges. Those are the kind of like gnocchi I'm used to. But um, again, 
it really doesn't matter. I would eat these in a heartbeat. Um, so they throw them into some boiling water and wait for them to basically rise to the top. I mean, that's the one great thing about fresh pasta. It takes like seconds to cook. Um, and while that's boiling away, um, Giada asks Ina to melt a stick of butter into a saucepan and basically sprinkle some salt and chop up some thyme. And that's, that's the sauce, but it is almost like a brown butter sauce. She lets the, the butter, the butter, <laughs> the butter brown a bit. And, um, it looks like heaven. I mean, she, she brings out the gnocchi and then she dumps the sauce on over the gnocchi. And then, and then we, um, Ina grates some pecorino on top and it's, Ugh, it just looks so good. I, I want this is uh, what I want. Um, so they both grab, they both like plate it. And then uh, the next shot of them is like sitting at the edge of the counter with like a glass of white wine. It's just, you know, the perfect Ina Garden experience, really. Um, the gnocchi looks fabulous. Giada can hardly contain herself over the cake. She's like, she's like a little kid. She just wants to get to the cake. Um, so before they cut the cake, they slice up some strawberries together and add a pint of raspberries as well. And then they add a third a cup of sugar and then add some extra cassis on top of that. Now this I would love because it's just like, it's, it's going to enhance the fruits, but in a way that's like, I feel like it just adds like a specific flavor profile that like I would, I would really be into. I would love to put this over like, I don't know, a piece of angel food cake, maybe, but like on the side, <laughs> I don't want, I don't want it to get soggy. I know I'm picky, but, uh, or maybe like on some vanilla ice cream, that would be good. That would be really good, actually. Um, so Ina cuts the cake and I love this too. She puts the fruit next to the cake. She doesn't like dump all of it on top of like the actual cake and then cut it, uh, which I love. Uh, Giada is in heaven. She says it's like a mix between a truffle and a brownie. I feel like all of the flourless cakes that I've got are more lean more towards truffle. And maybe that is the tort. I don't know. Um, where in which, but like I kind of always expect a brownie, but I get more of a truffle. So this looks, I mean, if it's if Giada's, you know, describing it correctly, it does sound and look like it would be something that I would love. So uh so they're eating and they're just kind of enjoying the chocolate uh cake. And Giada says, okay, Ina, next time you come to LA and I will do all the dishes. And Ina says, deal. And then they take a bite of the cake and that's the end. A beautiful episode. I don't know if I annoyed everyone with how much I love Giada, but I I just found her so charming. I mean, that backstory about how she wanted to be a baker and that little like nuance of her looking to the camera and just like flashing that smile. Ugh, Colin, if you're listening, you have to go watch it um, because I feel like you'd love it too. Anyway, um, I guess that's all for today. So thank you again for listening. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can find it on Instagram and Twitter at goodvanillapod. And you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. Also, like I mentioned before, there is a Facebook group for The Good Vanilla. Uh, Go check it out. The Good Vanilla, very easy to search. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I haven't got a review in a while, guys. I know you're out there. I know you're out there. Just hit that five-star rating and review. It helps me out. It helps people find the podcast and um, make it more widely available for everyone. So if you can't leave a five-star rating, if you're a Droid user, you know, tell a friend. That's just as good. 
Also, if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kachanov, and you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.